Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. So today, I have one of our past brides on the show, Jenna. She got married over the summer, and she was also a guest on one of our podcast episodes prior to today on episode 37, so feel free to check out her episode. But on that episode, it was before she got married. And today, we're speaking to her as a newlywed. And she is going to take a look back at her wedding day. We're going to go over what went really well and what she would change if she had to do it all over again. We are going to have a fresh, honest take from a real bride with tips and tricks, regrets, and things that she is so excited that she did for her wedding day. So sit back relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jenna. Well, welcome, Jenna. Hello. I'm so excited that you're back on our podcast. I'm very excited to be back. So for those listeners, Jenna is one of Dan and I's past bride. She got married this past summer, and she was actually on our podcast, episode 37. For all those listeners, definitely go tune in. But Jenna, let's just get going. Can you tell our listeners who you are and how are you back and why? <laughs> sure. So um, I was a uh, 2022 bride and a customer of the amazing Sarah Zarella Photography. Um, so I was on the podcast last last year um, talking about my wedding planning process now I'm back after having had the wedding and enjoyed all of the amazing experiences to come back and give my experience about what I would do again and a couple of the things I might do differently um, if I were to ever get married, of course, to Tyler again, because <laughs> we're not going to marry anybody differently. Exactly. I'm just so happy uh, that you're back on. I asked you to come back on and kind of speak about your experiences and all the pros and the cons and things that you're so happy that you did and things that you might want to not do if you were, again, of course, get married to Tyler again. But for our listeners, why don't you tell them a little bit about your wedding? It was pretty unique. So my wedding was an Indian and Catholic fusion wedding. So my family's Indian um, and Tyler's family and myself are Catholic. So basically our wedding was a several day event that included several aspects of a traditional Indian wedding as well as a traditional Catholic mass ceremony. So planning it and trying to coordinate several days was definitely a huge task. Um, But we ended up having just a really smooth experience despite all of the the moving parts and different events. I must say, because we were there throughout all three days. You worked with Dan for day one and two, and then I was there for day three, and obviously I edited it all three days. I have to say, my friend, you pulled it off. I mean, it was it was 
a day. And it was a weekend, but you pulled it off, and I'm really impressed with you because one of the things that I learned is that you didn't have a wedding planner, so you did this all on your own. I did not have a wedding planner, which in retrospect, I actually don't think I needed one because I had a very specific vision for what I wanted, and I'm a very hyper-organized person, and um, my venue was a full-service venue, so they did, you know, I, I got married at Newport Beach House, I should say that, for, for our, like, big day. And um, they handled everything, right? Like they give you the tables and the chairs and the linens and all of that. So I didn't have to coordinate that little stuff. It was mostly just getting my people, my party and my guests to the right place at the right time. And then having those events timed and coordinated well. And I'm a planner, I'm type A, I wanna do everything myself. So for me, it made sense to not have a planner, but I also delegated a ton to my bridesmaids and to my family. So that was a huge help too. I mean, I thought it ran really smooth. So with that said, why don't you tell a little bit with our listeners some of the things that, you know, you you did and you would do again or you're happy that you did? Let's just dive right in. Okay. So the number one thing that I'm so happy I did, which I thought I was being kind of neurotic doing it when I was planning, was I made wedding binders. There were so many moving parts to the wedding, right? Like we had four separate days. We had uh, bridal parties of 11 on each side. So 11 girls, 11 guys. We had uh, flower girls, junior bridesmaids, junior groomsmen, and a ring bearer. Like there were so many things, three makeup people, two hair people. Um, and I was getting overwhelmed with just making sure I had the big picture in place. So the first thing I did was I made like a huge itinerary of every single day. And the itinerary included who needed to be where, the addresses, how long it would take to get from one place to another, um, what the, you know, focus of the event was, if it was an Indian event, kind of explaining it to people, um, and then any like specifics that they needed to know about it. And once I had that big itinerary, I said, you know what, I need just like one place to house all of this information. So I made a binder. I bought pretty ones because it made it feel more bridal, but they were <laughs> pretty and, and they were in my colors, your boom tank. Um, and I separated the binder into each day. So it was like, okay, this is the holy and henna day. This is the Sangeet day. This is the Catholic ceremony day. And this is the Indian ceremony day. And then I put the itinerary for that day in the appropriate section and then anything else I needed. So for um, the Catholic ceremony day, for example, in the morning we had the Indian rehearsal and then we had the Catholic ceremony at night, right? So, or sorry, in the afternoon, evening, whatever. So part of what I did was include information about the rehearsal. So the order people were going to be walking in and out to reduce any confusion, what parts of this, you know, uh, ceremony we had to go over in rehearsal, and then exactly how long it was going to take to get to the hotel to then get ready when we needed to be at the Catholic ceremony, where it was, who needed to be where, all in this one binder. And I did a smart thing and I made two. So I gave one of them to my uh, like bearer of time. She, she came in with like a clipboard and a whistle. She was ready. Um, my friend Annalise. And I said, you're in charge of time. So here you get a binder, congratulations, study up. Um, and then I had the binder and it ended up being one of the things that I used the most. It had like the order of people walking in and out. I just handed it to my um, wedding coordinator at the, the day of coordinator or the priest when we were doing the Catholic rehearsal, like here's all the information you need. Don't even bother like worrying about lining people up, just yell out the names, they'll go where they need to go. Um, so that was the number one thing that I did and it had everything in it. 
envelopes for who needed to get paid, what they were getting paid, how they were getting paid, expenses spreadsheet, a seating chart, just in case somebody forgot where they needed to sit and what they were getting to eat. Like I had that all prepared in there hair itinerary, makeup, everything. And it was so, so useful. Speaking of seating chart, it's funny you just brought that up because I was actually going to ask you, how did you do your seating chart? There's so many different ways to do a seating chart. I would love to know how you did and share it with our listeners. So first I poured myself a glass of wine. (laughs) That was was the most important and critical part of it. Um, I actually wrote, so I use like, I have flashcards Mm -hmm. left over from bar prep. And I wrote out um, the names of either couples or the person that was supposed to be sitting somewhere. And I cut them into a like into little pieces. So each person had its own piece or each couple had its own piece. And then on my kitchen island, I set up spots for each table. And then I just arranged all of those little pieces until people were in a logical place. Interesting that you did that. So it's I was I did not know how you did it, obviously, before I asked. But the reason you did exactly what I see is the most successful way. You did it with cutting up pieces of paper. I've actually seen it exactly what you just did, but with uh, post-its. So that way you can move it around. But basically, just for our listeners, honestly, I the best way, every time I ask a bride how they did this, the people who had the most successful is actually having, like you just said, a visual board. It's not on a spreadsheet. Yeah. It's not moving people to different columns. It's physically drawing out the table. So like, for, you know, for, uh, another way of doing it is take a poster board, draw your tables, and then take the post-its and moving things around. For you, you did it on your kitchen counter table and you physically moved the names around that were on the papers. But that, I think, is a great tip for people who are doing seating charts to physically move things around. Look at it visually. The visual was so important. I mean, I had 200 guests, um, 20 tables, and then, including the sweetheart table, technically 21 tables. And then I had uh, guests from Pennsylvania, from Rhode Island, from all over the country, um, our school friends, Indian friends, work friends. I mean, it got down to it and I had tables where I was like, this grouping makes no sense, but they're just eating dinner together. <laughs> so one thing that I did was I was actually gonna say, which I think was the thing that has been the most complimented about the wedding that was under my control, because one of the things is the food, but I didn't cook it. So I don't take that compliment for myself. Um, I wrote cards to each table. And the reason I did it was because I saw it on a TikTok, but actually because we had so many tables of people that were from mixed parts of our lives that I wanted to give them topics of conversation so that they didn't feel like they were randomly placed with somebody for no reason. Um, So each table got a card handwritten by me and Tyler that said, you know, thank you for coming. We love you for being here. We love you for the support you provide us. You guys are wonderful. You're sitting with this group because X, Y, Z. And if you guys are looking for some things to talk about, here are some common areas of interest between all of you. That's a cute Um, tip. I love that. It was great. It was great. And it also saved us from having to do the table rounds because we had already thanked everybody in the card and said hi to everybody in the card. So we also didn't feel obligated to go and take time from us dancing to go to each table and say, hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. As much as we were happy people were there, we wanted them to meet us on the dance floor. So it served a dual purpose. It kind of got that hello out of the way, 
but it also made people feel really valued and welcomed and comfortable with who they were sitting with if they may not have been sitting with somebody they'd known previously. And people have like posted pictures of them. I've heard about them to this day of people being like, that was the coolest thing. I love that tip. That was a good one. What are the little nuggets you have for people out there listening? So the binder, the seating chart, the personal thank you notes. Um, Itineraries for hair and makeup. We ran on schedule, we ran early. Um, even though there was like a mad dash to get dressed, which Sarah was there for and got to witness, <laughs> it was more of a, a difficulty in getting people to like actually get me dressed first and stop focusing on the bridesmaids for a little bit. Um, we actually finished hair and makeup a little bit early, which was shocking. And it was because I literally put up an itinerary, like on the walls, on each wall of the room, we got ready in, um, a boardroom, which was a great idea because we had a lot of space. And we put on each wall who was going when. So when somebody sat down or was like done with their hair, somebody could go up and immediately reference the page and say, oh, okay, it's my turn. Or, oh, okay, I'm up in two people. And it was just chop, chop, chop. Like it went so fast. And one of the things too that you mentioned, just for the people listening that I kind of like want to go back to, is you mentioned that you got ready in a boardroom. So I think it's very important that people who are listening think about where they're doing their hair and makeup. I personally feel it's best to do your hair and makeup not in the same room that you're physically getting ready in. If you can do this. So if you can do it and do what Jenna did, that's great. If you can't, I understand. But if you can physically get ready in another location of the room or another room, it's best. Because exactly like that chaos that was happening was not brought into then into your space of when you were finally putting your wedding dress on as your photographer. When that chaos was happening, I was working with your details, your rings, your your dresses, but also too, it eliminates like clutter and disaster about where you're actually getting ready and like where you can want to not only visually have beautiful pictures, but you can just calm yourself for a second, you know? So I just think that you said you got ready in a boardroom that is a highly suggested thing to do if you're getting ready at your hotel ask them if there's like another conference room or a board room that yeah. they can a lot of these hotels have this um and yeah. also too you know a lot of times like when you're getting your hair and makeup done you guys are eating there's hairspray there's makeup you just don't want that with all of your uh, valuable items that you're gonna be wearing for your wedding exactly and i i can't i can't take credit for the idea one of my bridesmaids um her name's tat um she actually suggested it because we were having issues coordinating. Okay, I have three makeup people, two hair people, 11 bridesmaids, a junior bridesmaid, and two um, uh, like mothers, right? Like, how on earth am I going to get everyone ready in one hotel room? And even if we got a suite, which I had looked into, it they weren't still weren't big enough for all those people. So she said, I went to this wedding once and they got ready in a boardroom. So I called the hotel, it was like $200. And at that point, when you've already spent all of your bank account anyway, like what does $200 matter at that point, you know? Um, and I, it, it ended up being best case scenario, all of the makeup, hairspray, food, coffee, champagne, it was all contained into that one area. It took 10 minutes to clean up our stuff. And then we went up and I had a pristine, already cleaned hotel room waiting and ready to get the cute, getting ready on the bed pictures, the details pictures, the up-close pictures, pictures with Reagan, which are some of my favorites, which is my daughter. Um, and it was 
it was a great, great idea. Um, so highly recommend it. Um, don't do what I did and wait until the night before to try and get the boardroom though. Um, do it in advance because <laughs> maybe you can get a better deal on it too. Fair enough. So one other thing that I did, it was included in the binder, but it ended up being really important for me on the day of, because on the day of you're frantic for most of the day, first stop and enjoy your day. I mean, I did, like I was prepared to be like, the planning is done. All of the background work is done today is for me to enjoy. And trust me, I did. But there are moments where you're transitioning from ceremony to pictures to happy hour to pictures to is there's so many moving parts. It can be hard to take a moment and step back and just say, let me enjoy myself. Right. So do yourself a favor in advance. The last thing you want to worry about that day is paying people. Okay. You can pay a bunch of people in advance, right? Some people will ask you for your second deposit or whatever in advance. Some people will ask you to pay them everything up front. So there's a lot of people you pay in advance. Make sure you know who you have already paid. But there are people who need to be paid the day of. Like my bowl player, I had a guy come in and, and play a drum. He just collected payment on that day. My DJ, you know, tips that day. Hair, makeup, tips that day. Um, a lot of them needed to be paid that day too, based on how many girls ended up getting ready, right? And I had this moment where I was like, how am I going to remember to do all of this? Like, I'm already worried about, is my makeup going to look good? Is my hair going to look good? Am I going to get dressed? Am I going to remember which bangles go with my outfit? Like, I was so nervous about it. And then I just said, why don't you just do what you always do and organize yourself, right? So I put a sheet in my um, binder and it said exactly who needed to be paid, when they needed to be paid, if they had already been paid, whether they were being paid by um, check, cash, or online payment, credit card, um, where the money would be and when to give it to them. So I had it all listed out in front of me. And then in the binder, I put in envelopes and they were labeled with who needed the money, whether it was a cash or check and when to give it to them. So it was really for that day with those like last couple people that I needed to hand off money to, um, it saved me. And the, the perfect example is after the entire night's gone by, okay, the DJ plays the last song, we're in marital bliss, everybody's surrounding us and singing to us and it's amazing and we're dancing. And then we're starting to pack up to go home and I'm still in my blissful stage of like, this was the best day ever and I had so much fun. I went and I grabbed my binder and I said, oh, there's still two envelopes in here. Who do I need to pay? The DJ and the dole player. So I ran out and I'm like, don't leave, don't leave. So I run back in and I hand them the envelopes and the DJ looked at me and said, you're my favorite bride. He said, you're my favorite bride because I usually have to chase people for this payment. And you remembered. And I said, my binder and my expense sheet, I wasn't going to forget. So I highly recommend doing all of these little things in advance can just make your day so much less stressful when you don't have somebody else to take care of it. Absolutely. So all planning and preparation. Totally. And the other thing is, you know, coming from being your photographer on the day, I, it's funny because just like you have your own planning and preparation, uh, I have on my phone, I have your whole timeline, all your shot list, and I'm constantly looking looking at it. I'm constantly checking it, constantly making sure that A, we're running on time. B, I got all the important photos. Like Just like you, you have your binder. I have everything on my phone and it's like right there and I'm constantly looking at it. And it's funny because your day ran on time. It just did. 
It was it, it ran on time. And I think too, another little like piece of advice for people who are listening, at least on the photography end, me and you had conversations beforehand. We planned out everything. So for example, on the day the day before your Indian ceremony, you had your Catholic ceremony and we talked about like a shot list and like what pictures were important and what pictures weren't. And like therefore on the day of your Indian wedding, we talked about like what pictures were important and what pictures weren't. And we actually itemized like a shot list and things that were important. And when I say shot list, a, fo- a photo list and, ha- and like who was going to be at what day and what pictures were important. So that's something too that, you know, you're talking about organizing and you're talking about the payments. It's also too on the photography end, just making sure that you have an itemized list of pictures that you want. Do not think your your photographer knows exactly what you want. You have to go over that with them. Absolutely. And actually those conversations that we had helped me so much in creating my day, like my day of itinerary. Because I remember when we talked, I had said like, oh, you know, I figured you'd come around too. And you were like, no, no, Jenna, I'm coming at like mid, like noon. What do you mean I'm coming at two? And I'm like, I don't know. I just assumed that. And you were like, no, here's what I need to do that day. And therefore, what you need to start thinking about in terms of getting scheduled. And that helped me so much. And I was like, wow, if we didn't have that conversation, I would have been late for everything. And that was so great to have you there to rely on somebody in the industry who knows how these things go. And frankly, who has her own stuff that she has to do that day. <laughs> to help me set my mindset for the schedule. But also too, for somebody that may not have like a hands-on photographer or someone that will guide you through this, like I guide you through the day, but also too, you know, lean on the vendors, call the vendors and ask them like your hair and makeup, what do you need to get, you know, done by this time? Or the DJ, what do you need? Like if you call up each vendor and ask them what they need to get their job done, it will start helping you get organized, right? You know, and that's probably all goes in that binder that you're talking about. Exactly. Every single vendor sheet that I had spelled out was included in my binder so that I had um, a basic knowledge, like even just pricing or the list of songs that I had given to the DJ or you know, entrances so that if there was any cross-referencing that needed to happen that day, it was right there for me. And I wasn't tasked with like immediately recalling it and being like, oh, let me try to remember what I told you two months ago in our last phone call. And it was so helpful, but I relied a lot on my vendors, I think. Absolutely. And the other thing is too, gender, Jenna, is like, of course, like, you know, like you gave the example, like you said that, you know, you thought I was going to come at two and I was like, nope, two hours earlier than that. How are you supposed to know? You know, like you're not a photographer. You don't get married on a regular. That would be weird if you did. <laughs> so, but weird. so the advice is if you're not going to have an event planner, you're, you're a, like proof that you don't need an event planner. You did a three-day extravaganza and you planned it. You just have to be organized and you have to get yourself organized. And by doing that is relying on the people who do do this. So therefore collecting the information and then organizing it in a way that makes sense to you. For you, it was the binder. And don't be afraid to tell your vendors what you want and figure out how they can make it happen because I'm a people pleaser by nature. Um, and part of my problem in life is that I tend to think about what is going to be easier for somebody else versus what's going to be easier for me. And I had to really stuff that down um, as a part of this whole wedding process, whether it be for my bridesmaids or for um, vendors or for my family and think like, okay, what do I need? What do me and Tyler need? because it was his day too, even though it sounds like it was my day. Um, it 
it was really hard for me to do that. And one of the things that I found myself struggling with was advocating for myself when it came to vendors, right? And not because I was asking for anything that was ridiculous, but I was like, oh, I don't want to make it like harder on them, right? Like, oh, I don't really want to add another girl. Oh, are they going to be upset if this girl doesn't want eyelashes when she says she did? Oh, you know, is it, is it going to be more um, taxing on the venue to do popcorn and water during the, cere- during the ceremony like I want them to? You know, and all of these things where I kept having to remind myself, like, just talk to them about it, right? Like, it, don't be afraid to ask because if you're afraid to ask, you're never going to get it. And chances are they're going to figure it out, right? Um, my, my hair and makeup people, they figured it out. They figured it out with 11 bridesmaids. They ended up finding people they could bring in to help them out and to do it. They honored each other's pricing and they were fantastic about it. Or um, the venue, like they ended up doing water and popcorn and it was a huge hit because the ceremony was a little long. And it was hot, right? Um, and and I, f- I felt myself being like, is this ridiculous to ask for this? And then it's like, no, it's not. So don't be afraid to ask questions and to rely on your vendors and to, to talk to them about the things that you want. This is your day. And if you're going to get it right, you're going to have to ask for the things that you need. So I think that if you, that's the best advice because it's your wedding day and that's the way that you don't have regret. If you feel something, go with your gut. You got to speak it out. You got to say it, you, you know, it's your day. So if you want something, say it now, that's when the conversation could start happening. Like, and you don't want to cross into the line of a bridezilla and you're like, no, I want this right, I want now. But if you say to someone, this is really important to me you guys can figure out if you tell them that that's important to you then a proper vendor should sit there and say okay well this is what I need to do to get make it happen and then you guys can figure out if you can make it work you know so it's really important like you said to make sure that you're the best advocate for yourself it's your day no regrets right one time one time only (laughs) one time only you only get it one time and no no regrets you're going to have a little bit of regrets, but... Well, that's what I was going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some regrets that you have. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back, podcast friends. So before our break, we were talking with Jenna and she was going over her wedding day and all of the tips that she wanted to send to you to do for your big day. But now, Jenna, let's talk about the things that you probably, if you had to do it all over again, would have changed. Okay, so there are two things that come to mind. And really, they're not even fully regrets because I kind of worked around some of them. Um, but if I could go back and change things there are two things that I would change. The first is pretty minimal. And we actually were just talking about the photo list earlier. I made my photo list. I sent it to you. We talked about it. We like remade the photo list and I realized that I left some things out, but I didn't realize it until after the wedding. And The only reason I did was because my friends took pictures in these groups that I wanted to be a part of, like they just took them on their own. And then I was like, wait, I didn't get pictures with those people. And I realized this, that my, my list was so 
part of it was my people pleasing tendencies. I didn't want people to have to miss the entirety of happy hour by taking pictures, right? I didn't want to have to keep calling people in. And I was like, I'm going to make my list as efficient as I possibly can. It's going to be family and it's going to be bridal party and it's going to be groom's party. And then it's going to be all me and Tyler. Well, I made a mistake because I had so many different groups of friends there that I wish I had pictures with. Um, and like the professional, beautiful Sarah Zarella photography pictures, not just like on my iPhone pictures. Um, like all of my friends from Warwick, Rhode Island were there. Right. Um, and they all got a picture together. They had this one adorable group picture that they took during happy hour and I'm not in it. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God, I wanted in that picture. Why didn't I think of putting that on my list? Or I had a group of people that came that I actually had never met before who were my friends from Twitter. I know that sounds ridiculous. We're in a group chat together on Twitter. We talk every single day. They're some of my closest friends. We all came together like on the website and they were at the wedding. And I got one iPhone picture with them or maybe two iPhone pictures with them. And I was thinking to myself, like I should have gotten a professional photo of them because when am I going to be around all of these girls again? We live all over the country. And it was my own fear about inconveniencing people to come and get in these formal pictures that stopped me from thinking beyond my family and my bridal party. So if you have any special guests that are coming to the wedding and you want a guaranteed picture of them, ask your photographer if it's going to work to get those people into the pictures too. Because in retrospect, I really wish I had that Warwick picture with me in it. And I tried to Photoshop myself into it and it has not worked. So I'm going to give up on it. Um, But that's one of the small things that I regret. I did get so many amazing pictures with like my house is just covered in wedding pictures and it's just never going to change. And I keep buying them for other people for gifts too. And they're going to have to get over it, but that's, that's going to be their gifts for the next like three years. <laughs> so wedding pictures. Um, and I have so many that I love, but I do wish I had a couple more that I hadn't kind of pushed out of my own thoughts because I was worried about how other people would feel. Yeah, so a solution for that, too, is exactly that. Like, first off, we ta- ta- talked about before the break to be your own advocate, right? So, obviously, like, as I mean, I was your photographer. You know, I, you know, we can't read your mind of what groups you are. And we also don't know the Warwick group, or we don't know sometimes people mm-hmm. have high school friends or college friends. But what we do know is when you say, I really need a picture of that. So, a lot of times, like, what we'll do is during cocktail hour, we'll, we'll walk the room and we'll put groupings of people together. But not all the time does it have everybody from that group and it's who's there right or for example does it mean it has the 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 couple in the shot because again you might be off doing your own thing so a lot of times what people will do is they'll give us a list of like the most important pictures that they need and we grab that during the reception so does it mean it has to be during that time for the pictures of families and bridal party but it's during the reception time But again, what you were just saying, you didn't want to inconvenience people. But what you could do is you could do it. There's times where you can do it during dinner. You could have your DJ announce things. You can, like, for example, we have couples who want, like, the whole side of one family in a picture, whole side of the other family. Sometimes those things need an announcement. Um, Or, like, like you said, you have certain friend groups there that you need that you want pictures of. Like, so you need to tell your photographer. So it's one of those things where. You cannot think that your photographer is going to know what to take photos of. You have to let them know, you know. I mean, obviously, you're hiring your photographer for their portfolio and what they do. But when and so, like, you don't have to tell your photographer to take a picture of, you know, your first kiss. They, they should know that like that. But people, they don't know who's a date. 
and they don't know who is a friend group or whatever, you have to let them know for sure. Exactly. And I 100% should have done that. And when I went back and I was thinking about it and I saw these pictures, I was like, wow, Jenny, you didn't, you didn't communicate that at all. And I didn't communicate it to anybody, like not to you, not to my friends from home. It just was one of those things where I was like, oh, I don't want to bother people. Well, Jenna, you should have bothered people because it's your day and you wanted to be in that picture, right? You wanted to, to have that memory and I didn't say it. So it goes back to what I was saying earlier, advocate for yourself, talk to your vendors, make sure you tell them exactly what you want and see if they can make it happen. Because I know without a doubt, if I had said, hey, Sarah, I know we're all standing on the dance floor right now and I really want a picture with all the Warwick people, you would have made it happen and my DJ would have made it happen because he was awesome. So it would have worked. It just completely was out of my head at that well, point. Well, see, that's so. the other thing though, Jenna, that's why a, a photo list is very important. You shouldn't rely on anything of the day of for you to remember. It should all be pre-planned. So that's something that you know you can advocate with people to pre-plan to have that, exactly. Exactly. So preparation's important, again. And make sure you think about kind of the oddities of your photo list, I guess, was kind of the overarching point that um, I wanted to, to mention because I feel like I made a little bit of a mistake on that. But again, not too big of a mistake, not a regret, because I still have the best pictures in the world. Um, and then the other thing... I think I'm going to get a laugh from this one. If anybody from episode 37 listens to me on, on this one, I wish I kind of did this thing. They're going to laugh because I do think I talked about it in episode 37. And it was definitely a point that was talked about. Um, and it's a videographer. And I always said, I'm going to watch my wedding video once and then I'm never going to watch it again. It doesn't seem like something that's worth it for me. I'm going to have so many great pictures. It's going to be fine. And now... I would watch it like once a week. <laughs> I swear. I have, I got a tripod, right? So I mitigated. I got a tripod. I brought my iPad and I taped all of the speeches and the dances. And um, so I have recordings of them, but they are blurry because they're on an iPad. You can't see our faces. And then I realized that there were other things that I wanted video of. And I've been able to compile, like my friends have sent me videos of things and um, they've been able to kind of piece together some of it for me. So I have those keepsakes, but with so much happening that day, I find that there are big things that I don't fully remember. And I don't have that like amazing mental image of it that I thought I would. And I find so much comfort in watching these things. Like Reagan and I sat here one night, Tyler was, I don't even know what Tyler was doing. He wasn't here though. And we watched all the speeches all over again. And we watched all the dances all over again. And we laughed together and I cried again because I'm, you know, super sappy. Um, and I was like, wow, I wish I had really good quality videos of this. And of the Bharat. So where Tyler was walking in on his horse um, and like his family was dancing around him. I adore the pictures we have of it and I wasn't out there I was like watching from up top on the balcony for a little while but I didn't see most of it and I'm like oh man I wish I just had a video of the whole thing like all of it so that I could just watch this and see all of his American and white family dancing to Indian music all around him like it's, a, it's just an image and like a sequence that I wish I had a video of and afterward I said to Tyler wow I kind of do think I would have watched a video more than once. And he said, I told you so. And I said, by that point, I was convinced that it wasn't worth it for me. And now having the perspective, 
I do think it would have been worth it to pay for a videographer too. Um, so that we could have the still images to litter our house and for me to look at on my phone every day, which I do because I'm crazy. And so that in the moments where we're thinking about it and want to relive those moments, we can, because I think I'd do it a lot more than I thought I would. The other thing is too, is sometimes when I see that couples have like a tripod on the corner or like a phone on, like a, a, someone's doing it for their phones or whatever, a lot of times, I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. Like I, I won't be paying attention to the item that's in the corner. I'll be walking around trying to get my shot and, and trying to maneuver my shot or like I guess will because they don't realize that that's in the corner or, you know, sometimes you can't move it to 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 get the right angle that you need. Or obviously so obviously like, yeah, it's recording it, but it doesn't mean it's recording everything that's happening because what if someone walks in the, in, in front of it that no one knows it's there you know or what if you know someone moves and then you know you you can't you can't you can't move it obviously right so like you said it's something that won't won't take it it doesn't replace a professional videographer right yeah. It would be the same thing as telling a friend like hey can you get some pictures on your iPhone of this day and then all you have is some iPhone pictures of your wedding. Like, I didn't think about it like that beforehand because I was like, oh, I'll have the pictures. I'll remember it all. I'll be fine. And now coming on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, man, like I, I, I would have never had, you know, somebody say, like, set up a tripod and let's take some selfie timer pictures of my wedding. Why did I think I could do that with video? Um, and again, we have we've mitigated it. I have videos of things. They're not super clear. iPhone camera is even worse at video than it is at pictures. So it's just like the quality is terrible. And I have them and I have the memories in my head. So it's not something that like I'm devastated I didn't do. But I definitely, if I could recommend to anybody in the future, if you think you're only going to watch the wedding video once like I did, if you had a great day and it was one of the best days of your life because – I mean, I had like several best days of my life because I was lucky to have a several day wedding, but it was truly the best. And I want to relive it all the time. And if you're going to be that kind of person that you've set up this day to be one of the grandest days of your life, try to capture it in every single way you can, every single way you can. And do not, do not skimp. You have to, you have to cost cut during a wedding okay we talked about this last time there are budgetary restraints but there are things that you can cost cut effectively on and there are things that you should never skimp on do not skimp on your photographer that's what you take out of it with you do not say this is where i'm gonna budget cut you pick the best person that fits your personality that fits your wedding vision that takes pictures and edits them the way that you like and you say, I justify this cost because this is what I take with me. Obviously, you're what you're you're married, and you take your husband with you too, I guess. But husband, wife, whomever. Um, but from that day, the memories that you have. I did not skimp on my photographer. I love my photographer. I picked the person that was going to be the person that was the best for me, and I know I did. And I made the best choice because when I got all of those pictures. I said, oh my God, this is what I get to take with me. This album is what I get to take with me. I have shown everybody this album. Um, and I think about it and I'm like, I did the opposite of my own advice and I budget cut something that I could take with me when I didn't get the videographer. That's good advice. 
Anything else that you want to share with listeners before we get into the wrap-up question? And by the way, thank you for all those kind words. <laughs> and I'm You're sorry so that you. I'm sorry that you feel that way. There should be never any regrets. I know, and you know, but that's the thing. Like, they're not regrets. You know how like a regret, like I know, I know. It's like, just looking back. back. It's it's just yeah. That's what we're doing this episode for. Is looking back. I mean, if there, if somebody, I guess I guess listening to you, it sounds like if somebody feels that the visuals are important to them, then they need to go all out on that. And you, and you, and you, you stopped with the, with the photography, but you didn't advance with the, 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 the video and you're a visual person, right? So I actually had a specific trade-off too, that I realized I had staging. So like at, at traditional Indian ceremonies, you have staging set up in your reception space and it usually takes over where like the altar was, but our altar and our staging was in two different places because we had the, the altar, I'm calling it an altar, it's called the mandap in an Indian wedding. That was outside. And then I asked my grandparents like, hey, can I just forego the staging? Because like, when am I gonna use it? I have a sweetheart table that I'm going to sit at. And they said, no, you still need to get the staging. And that staging cost me a pretty penny. It really did. Um, and it was beautiful. And I got a couple of like pictures of me and my friends sitting on the couch and stuff, but I did not sit there once during the entirety of the reception, mm-hmm. not one time. And I realized that I, I frankly did it because my grandparents said, no, you know, you have to do it. Right. But the amount of money that I spent on that, I could have gotten a videographer. Actually, I know exactly what you're talking about and that you, I, I never saw you there. The, the, the time that you probably sat there was when you were getting ready because they had you in that room getting ready to go out to get married. So those pictures that you took, I didn't I didn't photograph those because you were nope. not on that at all the entire time that I was there. So those are probably quick yep. little candids that you just got because and I probably I probably can guess when it's because the only time you were there was when they had you in that room before you walked down the aisle. So because your entire yeah. reception because it wasn't set up completely and it probably wasn't even set up completely then when you were on there mm-hmm. because it was set up completely after you got married because I think they brought the flowers in from outside in there and you never once were there. Never. Correct. Never I never sat on that. And it was I mean it was a beautiful couch, it was a beautiful setup, but especially in the space that we had it didn't make sense, right? Like it was off to one side and we had our sweetheart table. Yeah. Right. So it was just this like pretty thing for people to look at. And you're exactly right. I sat there when like right before the barat started outside and I didn't even sit there. It wasn't me who came up with it. I turned around and some of my bridesmaids and the, and Reagan and my flower girl were sitting on there taking pictures. And I said, Oh, I should get in those. When I tell you I was on that couch for maybe 10 seconds total throughout the entirety of the night, and it wasn't even something that was important to me. I never told you, hey, I want to get a picture sitting up there. Like, that's how unimportant it was to me, but how much it cost versus how, like, what else I could have gotten out of that, right? Um, and those decisions are so hard to make. I would be surprised if you found one bride who said, yes, I used my money the most effectively that I could have, and I have absolutely no substitutions that I would have made. Like, there are things that you just don't even like consider or think about when you're doing them and then you're there and it's happening and you're like oh i could have done this a little bit differently but don't ever let those ruin your day it didn't ruin mine all right jenna so it's time for our wrap-up question what are some tips as a newlywed that you can share with those who are about to walk down the aisle to make their day a perfect an event okay so my tips are over prepare 
you know, make a binder for yourself with all the information that you need, make an expenses sheet so you know who needs to get paid and when. Over-prepare and don't feel like you're over-preparing. It can only help you on the busy day. Advocate for yourself. It's your wedding. It's your day. It, it's you and your husband making this dream day come true and you want it to be perfect. So when you want something, make sure you identify what you want, but also make sure you talk to your vendors about what you're looking for and what you want. Because if you have good vendors like I did, they're going to work with you to give you what you want. Think long and hard about the decisions you're making um, with regard to like decor and vendors and what to have. Um, because sometimes you might end up having something that you didn't ultimately need and could have used to get something that you want, like a videographer. Think long and hard about a videographer. Um, and otherwise, make sure you take some time on the day of to appreciate that you're with all of your people. It's probably the last time in your life you're going to have every single person that you love in one place celebrating you. Um, and when it ends, it's over. So savor it as much as you possibly can because it's the best feeling in the world. Aww. Well, thank you so much for joining me again on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to a stress-free wedding planning. And what I will do is I will put some of your wedding images up on our blog and our show notes so our listeners can see the perfect wedding that you planned. And though they can find that at sarahzarella.com backslash podcast. So thank you so much, Jenna, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.